0: No, what I was just beginning to say is uh, this: this season that my wife and I have been in has been just a crazy uh, season. It's just been a crazy time, and the enemy has just come incredibly hard um, for identity in our family. He's he's come incredibly hard at, at taking that, taking what God has called us to, because we're very much in a, such a time as this, and so. When God highlighted to speak on this, I'm like, dude, are you kidding me? I'm literally in the throes of the struggle myself right now around identity, and you want me to talk about something that I feel like I have no business standing up here talking about right now because the enemy and I have just been going through a nine-round battle in the last year and a half around this thing very specifically, even as as recent as the last three or four weeks have been just uh, pretty difficult. Um, and, And saying, God, I choose to live out of identity. I don't live out of a job, I don't live out of assignment, but I choose to live based upon a position, who I am as a son, in you. No matter what storms are swirling around, no matter what situations, no matter what's been spoken over me, no matter what's coming at me, I refuse to believe that. And uh, I'll tell you, last night, guys, I probably lost the battle, but thank God those mercies are new every morning, right? Uh, and great is his faithfulness. And so, Jana was talking about that you chose that song because... It's so funny, like you sing these songs and all of a sudden there's like one line that will hit you. Uh, that whole line about, um, and I will lock eyes with the one who chosen in me. Like that, that line, like God just gave me this beautiful picture of us that we get to lock eyes with the Father. Can you just imagine that the situations or whatever we're in right now that we can lock eyes with him. And everywhere he moves, we move. Every step that he steps, we step. And he's such a good father that we even get to stand on his feet and dance with him. Man. And so that's my prayer tonight, guys, is that we just get to lock eyes with the father as he sings to us, as he sings a song back to us over who we are. The same song that he whispered to you when you were a five-year-old daughter, that now you... As a 48-year-old, you're like, yeah, can this really be true? And he's saying, yes, it is true. The same psalm that he spoke of you, that you're a queen and that he has given you an inheritance of your children and the promise of restoration of that. It's the songs that God wants to remind us back of identity. And so I guess the, the question is, what, what can God do with a room full of people like us who are willing to answer the call? Who are saying, God, here am I. As jacked up, as broken as I am, just use me because I'm a son, I'm a daughter. And so, what can God do with people who live out of identity? Here's what faith says faith says, I believe what God can do, but living out of identity says, I believe what God can do through me. Those are two very different things. See, it's easy for me to look over here at you. What's your name? Sheldon? That's a cool name. And say, man, yeah, of course God can use Sheldon. He's going to use Sheldon. And I know God can do mighty things. But then when it comes to like, wait a minute, you want to and will do and can do mighty things through me. You have to live in a place of identity and operate from a place of identity in the Father to allow God's power to be utilized and seen through your life. And that's where identity comes. And that's why the enemy comes incredibly hard after our identity because if we're not operating as sons and daughters as royal priesthood then we're operating from an orphan spirit and when we operate from an orphan spirit then we come into alignment with things that are not of the Lord that are not of the kingdom and not of his heart identity is is really this it's it's power that God has given it to us it's already our power we read all the time in scripture that God has given us the victory, that the delegated power and authority is ours. And it says this in Ephesians 1, 18 through 21, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know, may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance and his holy people and his uncomparably great power for us who believe. That power, that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule, authority, power, dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And Ephesians 2, 6 says, And God raised us with Christ and seated us with him. We're seated with Christ in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. That, that power, that authority is what gives us our identity as sons and daughters to live out of, to move out of, to be on assignment for the king. My first job out of um, college, I was uh, I worked in a prison, and I was an instructor in a prison, and uh, I probably had 35 prisoners um, in a room, maybe from here to that wall. So you can imagine being 21, coming out of college, and I still had an affinity for clothes even back then. So I... My first day on the job, I'm wearing a pink shirt, <laughs> purple tie, and some probably some crazy pants in prison. And uh, walk into my class, and good morning class, and uh, let me tell you, it didn't go as smooth as I wanted it to. Uh, they assigned me an assistant, an aide who came over. His first wisdom to me was like, dude, don't, don't wear that anymore, man. Don't, don't wear that anymore. Do as I do follow me. I'll show you the robes, blah, blah, blah. Well, what I quickly understood is, is that at the drop of a hat, those prisoners who were way more buff than me and had a lot more street cred than a guy with a pink shirt and a purple tie, um, they could tear me to pieces. But there's one thing that I had that they didn't have was probably about 20 feet from me was a room full of eight guards all with their belly clubs and their mace and all of that. And so what I quickly learned was it wasn't my authority that I operated from. It wasn't my authority that necessarily ran that classroom or kept them from shanking me uh, at 930 in the middle of class. It was the delegated authority that was back in that room filled with those eight men. And as believers and as sons and daughters of the king, I think a lot of times we have forgotten, not because we don't know who he is, but we forget who we are in him, that the authority has already been given to us that it talks about in Ephesians 2 and that it talks about in Ephesians 1. And see, the the reason God is raising us up into stronger identity and identity aligned with him is because I believe that God is bringing a lot of us into a new season. Bob and I were just actually talking about this. He said a couple of things. I'm like, man, he just stole my sermon. I can't believe he already said that. Um, God's bringing us into A new season. But here's the thing. There's a completion of old season right now that many of us are in, and there's a challenge right now, a very large challenge in the old season that you have to overcome in order to be launched, in order to be prepared for the new season. And see, God will not allow us to step into that new season until in identity, in his power, in his strength, we turn and we face that old obstacle or that old challenge because our identity into the next situation is very much built upon the foundation of who we are in this season. And so we can't step into the new season unless our identity is fortified in Christ first. Unless we know who we are as a son, if we know who we are as a, as a daughter, then we can handle the weight of the new season. But if we can't learn it in the old... When we step into the new, we won't be able to handle it. We're going to mess it up. We're going to jack people up. We're going to hurt people. We're going to hurt ourselves. We're gonna, I mean, it goes on and on and on. That's why we can't circumvent the old season. But we can step into this new season unless there's that identity shift. See, Joseph, everybody remember Joseph in the Bible? Joseph thrown in the, in the, den, in the den by his brothers, Joseph in prison, Joseph and Potiphar's wife. See, here's the thing. Joseph did not have to wait until he got into Pharaoh's courts. To start telling dreams, interpreting dreams. He was interpreting dreams that launched him into Pharaoh's court in prison. His identity didn't change, his location changed, but who he was didn't change. And guys, I'll tell you this I have lived a long part of my life with it backwards. Saying, when I get into this new season, then I'm going to be all that you've called me to be, God. When you give me this new role as a new pastor, when you allow me to be the worship pastor, then all of a sudden I'm going to step in as a son. I'm going to step into your power. I'm going to step into your anointing. And God has said in the last 10 years, he's done a work on me saying, like, dude, until you start operating in intimacy in the basement of your house with your guitar, you, you, the full anointing not coming on a platform. Until it doesn't matter who is around and it's just me and you dialoguing, and I may give you 99 ideas for a sermon that I'm telling you never to preach because I didn't tell you to preach them. Until I'm okay, okay, God, it's just me and you, and that's okay. Then all of a sudden, he's like, okay, you're ready for the new season. A couple years ago, God asked me to lay down uh, worship, but probably about three or four years ago, stop doing worship. Guys, I'll tell you, I wish that I would have been like, okay, Father, I will gladly lay it down. Thank you for, no, I was kicking, screaming, this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Why would you give me this talent and you don't want me to use it? Right? Not just for one month, not for two months, not five months. For about eight months, I just kicked and screamed and had a little fit and look at my guitar, I wouldn't want to pick it up. Then God got me to the point where I'm like, okay, if I never, ever lead people in worship again, it'll be enough. Just me and you in the basement. And I would like to say that the very next day he's like, okay, now you're ready. Oh, no, no, no. It was probably another year and a half until he's like, okay, now now you're ready. And the work that he did on me in the private launched me to have the full anointing in the public when it was time. And that's the same thing that God is calling us to. Our identity cannot be tied in to our assignment. You see, David, we all know the story of King David that he, as a shepherd boy, was in the fields hanging out with the sheep. Probably loved hanging out with the sheep. Who knows? I don't even know if David had these huge dreams of being a king one day. Maybe he was just fine chilling being a shepherd boy. Hey, nobody's out here. Nobody's bothering me. This is cute. Thank you. But then the lion, then the bear. And we know, of course, that that prepared him for that next season. But he killed the lion and the bear because that's what he was supposed to do, and that was tied into his identity. So that when he faced Goliath, he was ready to step into the full identity and ready to step into what God had prepared him to do to rule a nation. See, the anointing is not to prove who we are. The anointing that God has given you based around your identity, based in your workplace, based in your home, is not to prove who you are. The anointing is to prove who he is. That's that's the, the flip side of this. And a lot of us in ministry, and Bob's been in ministry a very long time. Paula, you have as well. A lot of you guys in here. There's a lot of us where it's reverse. The anointing is because I have insecurity. I have self-worth issues. I have woundedness. I've got past hurts. I'm, I'm still feeling insignificant. And so when I'm under the anointing, oh, I'm so powerful. I'm so loved. And people celebrate me. When God's like, no, 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 I've given you the anointing to cook, to sow, to whatever your anointing is, to prove who he is. So that people are like, dude, who, who are you? Well, let me tell you about the God in me. So the anointing is to prove who he is. Most often, a life shift at the end of one season is built upon the challenge of an old season. We talked about that. David had to step into Goliath. He had to face down his brothers, a country, insecurity, insecurity. But I can tell you this, that when David stood in front of Goliath, there wasn't this, oh, man, I hope God shows up. Oh, man, what if he doesn't? No, 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 no. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that would dare defy my God? He knew what authority, the delegated authority he was operating in to move in his identity. I want to do this um, real quick. I have this in the back of my Bible, and I read these quite often because I need to hear them. Um, And some of you guys probably know them. They're Who Am I statements. Any of you guys familiar with these Who Am I statements? Um, The first one says, Who am I? I am God's child. Um, The next one says, Who am I? I am Christ's friend. And so the issue that I don't know about you guys, um, but that I have, is I, I know what God says about me. It's, do I believe it about myself? Because when it moves from just what he says to what I believe about myself, then I start operating, I start moving in a different way. I start moving, I start operating in a different power. My relationships are impacted in a different way. And so here's what we're going to do. John, you're going to start us off. See, the power is, it's easy sometimes to just say it. You know, but when you look at yourself, because I can tell you this guys, as a man, a lot of times I look in the mirror, and you know what I don't have any problem saying you don't have what it takes. All those people, they're depending on you, you're going to fail them. right? The wo- I have no problem seeing the wolves in the mirror, the wolves that come from me, the wolves that say you're never going to make it, you're a failure, blah blah blah. But it's turning that mirror and all of a sudden saying, "John, here's yours." Ready? I have been justified. All right, pass it to Sarah. You ready, Sarah? I am united with the Lord. Yeah, there you go. I have been adopted as God's child. All right, pass it. I am complete in Christ. Sheldon? I am free forever from condemnation. Amen. I am assured that all things work together for good. I am free from any condemning charges against me. Come on. I cannot be separated from the love of God. I have been established by God. Ooh, I like that confidence on that one. Come on. I am hidden with Christ and God. With Christ and God. Good. I am confident in the work God is doing. Good. (laughs) Some of these are a little longer. Mary, you get an easy one. I am a citizen of heaven. Mm. Yep, awesome. I do not have a spirit of fear. Amen. I can find mercy and grace in my time of need. Amen. Hmm. I am the salt and light of the earth. I am a branch of the true vine. Amen. <laughs> I have been chosen by God. Hmm, amen. I am God's workmanship. I am God's temple. (laughs) I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Amen. Amen. Come on, give yourselves a hand. Oh, Sorry, you were hiding over there. (laughs) Uh, I am, whoops. I am God's co (laughs) worker. Good, amen. (laughs) Amen. See, the reason that we need to memorize scripture and say these things over ourselves is because the world is full of people, our own circles are full of people who will tell us otherwise, Um, maybe out of their own pain, maybe out of their own hurt. There are situations that we have all walked through in life that want to come and rob us of our identity, that want to steal, kill, and destroy what God has spoken and says that we are. And when we're not operating in identity, our effectiveness and our own productivity is actually limited because of the way we see ourselves, See, I'll, I'll never live up to my God potential if I'm constantly looking at myself through the lens of torrents. But if I'm looking, back to that song, if I'm looking into the eyes, if I'm locked in the eyes of the Father, all of a sudden, he starts to say things to me that I'm like, yeah, I, I, yeah, I can, I can do this. Absolutely. And, and here in this church, and one of the things that I love about this is there's a there's the culture for um, edification, there's a culture for the prophetic here, and part of the, the power of the prophetic is that when someone comes along and says, hey, God God is just telling me to share this with you, and they give you a download about who God sees that you are, sometimes it's an insight into a new direction, sometimes it's who you are, here's the amazing thing about every prophetic word I've received, um, there's never been this part where I'm like, no way, are you kidding me? oh I didn't know that at all no there's it's always been this confirmation of something deep down in my spirit that God has whispered God has placed in me but usually there's doubt there's fear there's all this stuff that I've kind of covered up on it so those dreams that God has given me they're just kind of stuffed in a closet then all of a sudden somebody comes up and they blow the dust off they blow the dirt off through listening, through the obedience of the Holy Spirit. That's why there's the fivefold ministry needs to be in operation in every church. And there's a lot of churches that aren't operating the fivefold ministries, and they're dead as a result. And so Saturday Supper Club, you guys should celebrate what God is doing here. But that's the amazing thing about the prophetic is that God ends up saying, hey, I see who you are and your identity, and he ends up whispering on that. You guys have the authority through identity to embrace the fullness of the kingdom. Jesus died for for everything. He didn't just die for part of it. He just didn't die for 65% of it. He's already done the work. So the authority that we're supposed to operate in has is, is already been given to you. There's a story of, of a gentleman that um, they would see him on the streets a lot in a city and he was always digging through the trash and just, you know, it appeared to be a homeless guy. And, you know, he was just looking for meals and never could really, you know, didn't really seem like he had a home or anything like that. And so for 20 years, this guy was going through the trash, begging for food, just just homeless. Well, when they di- when the guy died... Uh, the ambulance and all that stuff when they, you know, uh, uh, I can't talk. (laughs) What they do all the time to just get people ready for the autopsy, they took off his jacket and all these dirty clothes that he had always worn for 20 years. And underneath all of that, they found a huge money belt filled with $25,000. So imagine just how ludicrous That is, for 20 years, this guy operated as a homeless guy, digging through the trash, trying to find something to eat. The whole time, he's strapped with $25,000. And guys, I I think the father sometimes looks at us and says, dude, you already have it all. You already have. You've been seated with me in heavenly places. I sit at the right hand of the father, and you're, you're seated with me. You keep asking me to do stuff that I've already said, you go do it. I already told you guys that when, when I leave, I'm leaving. But guess what? Here comes the Holy Spirit who's going to allow you to do even greater. He didn't say same. Greater. Greater things. So, man, I, I sometimes, and I can't wait for that day, the I can only imagine day, to stand before the Lord but there's also a fearful side of me of him saying, dude, really? Like, oh, I'm so glad we accomplished 10% of what I wanted us to do. You just didn't trust me for the other 90, right? I mean, I just, I sometimes I think that's the way it's going to be. So God has given us this identity, this authority to really make much of him. Because he, as a father, he's just like, I love it when you make much of me, when my glory is shown through your life. I love that. John 14, 12 says this, that he believes in me, will do the same works as I do, but will do greater works because Jesus went to the Father, which we just talked about. He is continually revealing identity. God will reveal dreams of the past. He'll remind you guys of that because now you're stepping into a new season where you're like, oh, yeah, 20 years ago. You totally gave me that idea, but it wasn't for 20 years ago. It's actually for right now. I love how there's this continuum thing that God does. Nothing is wasted. So even things that you had, like dreams that you guys had or I had when we were seven or eight, they're not too late. It's not too late for the Father to bring them to life through the way that we live out of identity. Back to what I said before, if we don't see ourselves as God sees us, then we cannot agree to the assignments that he has for us. He can have an assignment for us all day long. But if we don't agree to how he sees us operating. See, in my own strength, Torrance can't do a whole lot. There's some things that I can do, but there's a lot of things that I actually can't do. And so if I'm looking at it saying, I can't do that, God's like, no, I know you can't do that. Hello. That's why me through you, you can. And if all of a sudden I see that, I'm like, oh, yeah, I absolutely can achieve that dream or that purpose. I've got a 10-year-old son, and he's at this age right now where I'm continually trying to instill in him that he can do it right so he's you know he's now doing baseball doesn't think he can be a pitcher yes you can do it there's just all these moments as a father of bestowing masculinity upon my son and not saying not shaming him you can't do it now all that stuff that some of us struggle with our dad so I'm every opportunity I'm like you can do it, you can do it, you can do it. you want to see if you can do it? you can do it I know you can do it so we just get a new grill uh, we just got a new grill like three weeks ago, and I'm in the garage putting this grill together. And All of a sudden, I'm like, dude, I need to go get Campbell. So Campbell's watching on a uh, Garfield or something. So I go in there. I'm like, hey, dude, what are you doing? He's like, I'm watching TV. I said, hey, let's, let's go in the garage. We've got a fun project. He's like, what are you doing? And I said, well, I'm putting the grill together. He's like, what? I can't do that. I'm like, absolutely you can. He's like, dad, I can't do it. I said, okay, you just built. 300 Lego sets your whole life you can follow instructions i know you can do it so we started doing it together and then i would purposely like hey cam i go go check on something and then i would leave and then look around the corner and he's like putting the wheels on he's got but it took a father saying you can do it then it took him seeing himself doing it and believing that he could do it to accomplish the assignment and it's the exact same way with us we have to see ourselves through the eyes of the father in order to accomplish our assignments. It's dependence upon him. Here's one of the things that I'm, I'm learning in this season. And I think I told you guys this um, last time I spoke. I, I made the mistake seven years ago of praying this crazy prayer. I think I told you guys this of God, allow me to be a part of something that is so big that people are like, there's no way Torrance could do that in his own strength. And it sounds like a really cute prayer until you're in it. And then it's super painful. Um, and so I would say this year has been that. Um, this has been uh, the, one of the hardest years of, of my life, of our life, and just the enormity of, has anybody started a business before? Okay. I I've never have. Uh, it is incredibly difficult, uh, especially if you don't really have a plan to start one, and you're like, well, I think we're going to start one in four months. That's crazy, by the way. I wouldn't advise anybody to do that. Um, but what, but the, the hard part about this has been the ebb and flow of doing it with God, doing it without God. I'm doing it with you, Father. I'm surrendered to you. No, no, no. Now I'm doing it in my own strength. And I'll tell you, when God gives you guys God-sized dreams that are aligned to your identity, if you step outside from underneath the power of the Holy Spirit and walking step by step with him, the weight of that dream can crush you. And more than likely will. Because God is saying, I never intended for you to carry this dream by yourself. And now you're trying to carry it. And not only will you get crushed, but all those who are coming behind your leadership. And so it's incredibly important that when we step into our God-sized assignments, that we're living according to our God-sized identity as well. Here's something I've learned um, as well, is that God is looking for people that will do the ordinary in extraordinary ways. So he's he's looking for people that are like, okay, you see yourself just as, I'm sorry, Sheldon, you keep getting highlighted. What do you do? Uh, teacher and editor of high school? Okay. So he's looking for Sheldon. It's like, hey, now I'm not just a teacher and an editor. I'm going to do this in extraordinary Ways. I'm gonna ooh, I got this download from God. What if we teach this lesson this way online? Nobody's ever done it before, but I think I could do you're doing an ordinary job, but he's looking for you to do it in extraordinary ways, right? And so all every day here at a school, there's always crazy things that happen. In case you guys don't know it, schools are crazy. That's kind of why I like working in it because it's never the same. It's always like a different thing. Um, and so I can be in the meeting and all of a sudden, knock, knock, knock. Mr. Jackson, so sorry, but there's poop all over the walls in the boys' bathroom. Uh, we don't know who's going to clean it up. <laughs> Guess who cleans it up? Me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I want to write a thank you note to every janitor I've ever had the, and, and every school and organization to just be like, dear janitor, I'm so sorry I did not say thank you to you every stinking day. Um, but the whole side of this is, okay, this is something that is ordinary, but what's the extraordinary in that? And so for me, the extraordinary in that is definitely cleaning up the, the little five-year-old as much as possible without touching them, which is really difficult because you're trying to instruct them. I think you got a little bit more. You got, there's just, anyways, new underwear. Before you go to class, wait, come back. And here's the extraordinary is... Jesus, we just thank you for little Billy. We thank you that he's a son. We thank you that there's no shame in the name of Jesus. We thank you that he is going back to a safe environment. So ordinary, clean up, go to class, see you later. Extraordinary is saying, Holy Spirit, what are you saying in this moment? Because shame is coming for that little kid. When he goes into the classroom and what the other kids say, that's... That's doing the extraordinary in the ordinary. And guys, I'll tell you, I I was I'm not all the way there. I got a long way to go. But it comes from living out of a place of identity because there was a season where you no, know, no, I wanted to be recognized, I wanted to be celebrated, I wanted to be known for everything. I had to have this big huge podium and platform. And God's like no, no, you don't need all that. No, no, God, when I operate from my identity, doesn't it mean that I'm going to be speaking to 90,000 people? No, no, it doesn't. It means you're going to do the great things even when nobody is looking or when they're not looking. That's what it's called to live out of identity. The enemy is opposed to us uh, living out of our identity because the enemy, he, he can't cancel the plans of heaven for your life. He can't, and he knows that. So what he'll do is he goes after creating events, to dishonor us, creating events to take you out through trauma uh, and, and through hurt, and so that's why we have to deal with the trauma uh, in our life. Uh, it, it's that old adage of just sweep it under the rug, and I know you guys, you guys go after this big time here at this church as just being a healthy uh, a, a church culture, but trauma's got to be dealt with because we can't move into our new season with the baggage of the past. I can't move into a new season dragging all the people that I have not forgiven and saying, hey, I'm ready to come into a new season. Meanwhile, I've got 30 people that are tied to me because I won't forgive. That's been one of the biggest lessons um, for myself in just the last couple of years is just forgiving, allowing God to come into places and, and heal trauma, heal hurt. Uh, and it's not a one and done process. There's been times I'm like, Yep, I feel good. I feel good with my dad and I feel all healed. And then two months ago, he's like, <laughs> there's more. I'm like, oh, okay. Hence why I'm going to Michigan this summer. Um, is that's part of the story is to get with my dad. But uh, anger and resentment, it, it will take root and it will manifest itself in ways that is so destructive. And guys, many of us right here have made vows um, out of hurt. Like, hey, I'm just not going to, I'm not going to, I'm just going to not trust people. I'm just going to, I'm going to set boundaries, but I'm not going to let them in. We cannot operate in our full identity like that, guarding ourselves, not trusting people, not trusting God. We've got to allow God to get into those spots to bring healing so that we can operate fully in our identity. Um, I, I will say this, uh, man, trauma and drama is in every Christian organization, <laughs> So, uh, and not, but man, I tell you, it does not matter if it's a Christian school, if it's a church, uh, right, Bob? I mean, it, and, and to be honest with you, there's more trauma and drama in churches than there is uh, in secular business organizations. Uh, and it, it's, it's crazy. Um, but I think here's what I think. I think there's a lot of people not living as sons and daughters in the church, working in the church. And so we're hurting people as orphans. We're hurting people out of our wounds. And so God wants to use all of you to operate out of identity, to bring health back to the church, to bring health to the kingdom, to bring health to the workplaces. And here's, a, here's another key to this. Many times offense will come before your promotion. So before you step into that new season, a lot of times there's there's an offense or a hurt that will come right right before it. Everything is looking good. Woo, I'm about to step on stage, get my trophy, and then somebody will – gossip about you, somebody will hurt you, somebody will do the unthinkable, and that's the enemy to get you off of operating identity, get you away from stepping into your inheritance, get you away from the destiny that God has planned for you. He's trying to block the new level of authority that God is granting to you. Uh, we all have this authority. I've mentioned this before. Matthew twenty-eight eighteen says this, then Jesus said to them, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely, I am with you always to the very end of the age. And this authority God has given us, guys, is because we are to display God's image, His glory here on this earth. There's a specific part of His image that He's given to Bob, that He's given to Karen, that He's given to Jane to display. That's why we need to operate from God's identity and his identity alone. Because there's things that I can't steward that Bob stewards, that stewards so well, but he won't steward it if he's not operating from a full place of identity and as a son of God. So it's incredibly important for us to carry out that part of who we are as a, as a son. almost done. Uh, Mike Tyson. Anybody know Mike Tyson? Remember, remember Mike Tyson? Um, I don't know if you guys saw any fights with him, but I swear that guy didn't even have to really fight. He would step in the ring, and people would just crumble. Right? They would just, they would just run. Um, And it was because of the power that he fought with. And I believe this new season that God is calling us all into, there's going to be a new power in which we operate in. There's going to be a new victory in which we operate in, that the battles will be won. That's why there's so much. And if you guys are experiencing opposition right now in your life, it's because the enemy, I believe, is trying one more attack. If I can just one more uppercut. And I'll tell you guys, last night I was about done. I was like, you know what, God? I don't want to be used anymore. I don't care. I don't want to work at a Christian school. I don't want anything to do with anything Christian. I just want to go get a job at Merrill Lynch. Like, I'm serious. I was done. This was less than 24 hours ago. <laughs> Lights out, right? And then today, call for my brother. Then today, getting in the s- secret place with the father. I'm like, okay, we can do this. I know what he's doing. I know what he's trying to steal. Even Paula said in you said something in a prayer out here that was so specific to that, to the lies he's been trying to get me to believe. Just give up. It calls too much. It doesn't matter. Nobody cares. All that stuff. But I believe on the flip side, there's this new level of authority and power that we're going to operate in, that we're going to be knocking out the enemy like, like nobody's business, kind of like Mike Tyson, if you will. Colossians 2.15 says this and wrapping up. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. The actual archaic meaning of the word spoiled here is to plunder or to despoil. And this means that after Jesus defeated Satan, he stripped him of everything he had, specifically the keys of death and hell. So guess who has those keys now? Um, and actually back in that day, what that scripture is alluding to is it, there, there was a triumphant like procession, if you will, um, and celebration had taken place. So upon like conquering the enemy, the Romans would hold the parade. And what they would do is they would actually take the conquered king, they would strip him naked, drag him through the crowd behind the conquering king or commander for all the subjects to see. This is what the procession was. So when Colossians is talking about this, this is what Jesus has done to the enemy. They would also cut off the thumbs of his hands and the big toes of both feet. This was to assure the subject's That this enemy would never be a threat to them again. He could not hold a sword or he'd never be able to run again. There was no need to fear him anymore. That's what Jesus has done for us. There's no reason for us to fear the authority or power that the enemy he doesn't have anymore. All the things that he's doing to come after our attacks on enemy, our identity is just smoke and mirrors. He all he has is lies and deception. But if he can get us to agree with the lies and the deception, then he's done the work. So our job is to say, God, what, what, is, what is your truth? What does your truth say about who I am as a son, who I am as a daughter? What is your roadmap to my destiny? I mentioned to you guys earlier um, that... And we all have them. The, I call them the wolves that come for us. Sometimes it's at night. Sometimes you first wake up. And, you know, one of the common ones, um, for me at least, is uh, I don't have what it takes. Um, and I think I've talked to you guys before. Some of the stuff that I've done as a result of that is like, ooh, I'll just perform more. I'll just get better. I'll just Right? That whole rat race. I'm exhausted. You get exhausted that way when you're just constantly trying to perform. And so, um, one of the things that I did um, last year—I'm going to read it for you guys—is I have an identity statement that I look at um, about every every day. And I would encourage you guys this week to um, just spend some time with the Father this week, asking Him to speak identity to you. Who does Who does He say that you are? What What does He say is your assignment in this season? Because the who you are is. Tied into your assignment, but once again, we can't complete our assignment until we know we're complete in Him. And so, I challenge you guys to do that. And then, here's the challenge: next week, Saturday, bring it back, bring it, bring it here. Mine fits on a little card like this. Um, and here's a, the other part: as you're doing this, sometimes people are like, "Oh, I don't really know where to start or 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 what what to do." Pray and get quiet. God will start speaking. But I would also encourage you to research your name, your first name and your last name. Names are very specific. I think a lot of times we just think, um, my parents named me Torrance because that's a super black name. Um, <laughs> and it is a super black name. But uh, there's actually a lot of meaning that's very specific to me and both my first name and my uh, last name. And so I'm going to read this to you guys in closing. It says, Torrance the Watchtower is a gracious son covered by the undeserved favor of the king. I am wise and move with focus while being faithful and responsible. I've been chosen. I am trustworthy in all things because my choices reflect a reckless, all in love for God, family, and others. I am not afraid to be fully known because I am enough and I have what it takes. I will risk my heart. I will give my talents as a gift and not as a definition of who I am. God sees me. I will not shrink back or play small. I will move toward and not hide or numb out. I will live fully alive. I choose to see and believe in my 95%. Father has called me to the tower of my life, my family, and others. I am called because I am fierce, and I am a fighter, and worship is my weapon. I don't quit, and I don't give up, and I am his comeback kid. Today, Jesus and I will have fun. Today, we will dance. Today, we will remember why I was created. And today I'm worthy of my name, Torrance Jackson, a righteous son. So, Father, tonight we pray, Lord, even as we depart, even as fellowship, even as um, we go to sleep tonight in dreams, that you would remind us of the song you've been singing to us all our life. Remind us of Psalm 139, that before we were even in our mother's womb, you knew us, you had a plan for us, you have a plan for us, and we are your workmanship, that we are created in your son Christ Jesus to do great things. And in order to do those, we have to operate out of an identity as based on you and what you've already done. And so I pray this week as we think more about our statements and who we are and as you start to download that, uh, that God, we would dream, that we would see ourselves as you see us. Help us to take off the spiritual cataracts and the stuff that covers our spiritual vision, that blinds us from seeing the, the way that the enemy has blinded us. We we just say right now in the name of Jesus for there to be removal of old lies, removal of old systems of belief, removal of past trauma and hurt that is linked to false identity. We just say no more in the name of Jesus. We draw a bloodline between ourselves and that right now in the name of Jesus Christ. And we say freedom for sons and daughters of the King. We say freedom because we are supposed to go free others who don't know who they are in Jesus Christ. And so, God, we just declare that as a band of brothers and sisters here tonight, Lord, that we are going to move in a different way, not in what other people say that we're supposed to be or do, but we move in the way that you say and the way that you've designed us. And we thank you for the God assignments, the God opportunities, the God situations that you have already prepared for us. And that now we get to walk with you, Father, holding your hand into those new assignments. We thank you that we are going to close well on old seasons, Lord, we pray that we would not move ahead of you, that we would honor you in the old season, in the old chapter, but then we would honor you, Father, as we dance with you, as we lock eyes with you into this next, and I do pray that we would dance, we do just we press into that word that Paul has released, and Bob just, God, give us gratitude and joy. We say joy in the name of Jesus Christ that, God, we would be known by our joy, that we would be known by our contentment and our gratitude, that when all Hades is breaking loose, God, we're breaking in because we're filled with joy. And we just declare that, God, over this house, over each home, over each individual here, and those who aren't with us as well. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, guys.